Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to the Totally Driven Entertainment Radio Network. In the future, none of you are heroes. You're legends. Get driven. Stay driven. Hello, I am here. Had a little technical difficulty, technical difficulty, but I am here. We are here, I should say. Welcome to Big Daddy's Hard Talk, Volume Fifty Six. I am Big Daddy, and I'm joined by my beautiful co-host, Felicia Brown. What's up, everyone? We have been gone for a week. But I did tell everybody in advance that the Sixers were pl- the Sixers were playing last Monday, and it was an early game at six o'clock, and um, the Sixers won without uh, Joel Embiid, and it's good to be in the house. And it was uh, Monday after the Royal Rumble, so we still never talked, gave our opinions about the Royal Rumble because we. Talking about me and Felicia Brown, we sat together, we broke bread and watched it and enjoyed it. And, well, we watched it. And um, <laughs> so we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about a little bit of Sixers news. We're going to talk about the <laughs> Super Bowl yesterday. <laughs> and um, and we have a couple of movie reviews. And, you know, if anybody wants to call in, the phone number is 718. 718- 508-9883, call in with your opinions or views. And um, the first thing I want to talk about is something that has been going on. And, you know, I like to start off with the serious stuff first, and then I'll gradually work into the wrestling, work into the basketball, work into relationship stuff, blah, blah, blah. So, the orange one. Yeah. I'm not going to say my president. I'm not going to say your president. I'm just going to say the orange one. Hasn't been in office for 100 days yet. He hasn't even been in office for a month yet. And he has already started so much crap. I'm scared to see what's going to happen when he has been in a job for 100 days, when he has been in a job for a year. He put an executive order out that was banning immigrants from coming in this country. This country was built on immigrants. <clears throat> Everybody is some type of an immigrant. If you really want to do that, the, the, uh, the American Indians are the only original people in this country. And they weren't even original people because they came from Alaska. Let's be real with it. But this guy is such of a control freak and a jerk that I am scared for our children now because this just didn't affect us, but it affected it, oh, excuse me, it affected the entire world. That other countries are having meetings about us. Pretty soon they're going to build their walls up and they're not going to let us travel to their countries. And then there's different videos that went up and there was a friend of mine that actually participated in a protest 
and I watched some of her Facebook Live, and it was cool. And the the, uh, the people who have been protesting have been peaceful, even overseas, because they were protesting in um, Italy, they protested in Australia, they protested in France, and the, the everybody's saying the same thing. So he is already, in a couple of weeks that he has been president-elect, has pretty much told the whole world to kiss his ass. And he's going to do what he, wanted, what he wants to do. And then he even took a shot. Now, here's what something that Felicia Brown and I were talking about the other day. This man is supposed to be running the country, but he took a jab at Arnold Schwarzenegger about The Apprentice. <laughs> Concentrate on running the country first. Then worry about what's happening in social media and TV and this, that, and the fourth. This isn't a game. This is people's eyes. This isn't a game. This is nothing to joke about. And then he made, and I'm going to let you talk about this, Belisha, because you brought this point up about the fact that he even brought this up at a prayer breakfast. And this was just despicable and deplorable. What do you think about it, Belisha? You know, I, we've been talking about it, so you know my views about it. Um, I think it's just, it's kind of like it's unreal, and it's kind of like, you know, he's being put out in the forefront um, to kind of deflect from, you know, deflect our attention from something bigger that's going on. So, you know, I think something's going on in the government, in the world, and I think he's being put out as this pawn to try to just get our attention off of that. It's kind of like when, like, a new disease or an old disease comes back and, you know, it takes our attention off of something that's going on, and then it just goes away. So I think, you know, his presidency is similar to that, and I'm just, I don't know, I'm just dumbfounded as to, the things that he says, he's on Twitter more than he's doing his job, it seems. Um, he's tweeting about the Super Bowl, and Mike Pence is sitting up there, and it's it's just horrible. Um, as far as the, the sanctions and the, the immigration and the banning, it's horrible. Um, you know, half of the countries that he bans aren't even the bad countries. In fact, all of the countries he banned aren't the ones that have posed any terroristic threat to um, the United States. So I don't know what he's doing. And I'm very ashamed of his cabinet for just letting it go. So it, it just lets me know that he is the pawn and these people that are around him, they have some type of ulterior motive. And it's it's scary. It is. It is. It really is. And I don't want to get biblical with it, but you could kind of see that these are the ending days. That these are the last time. And he mm-hmm. and I don't want to put this label on him, but I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Anybody got anything to say about it? You know the number? 718-508-9083. If you want to call and give your back. And give your point of view, but to me, Donald Trump is the Antichrist. It is what it is. I said it, and I think this is what has already been prophesied. So 
If your house ain't in order, you need to get it in order right now. And if you don't like what I just said, it is what it is. But I said it. It's my show. I can say what I want. But that's just how I feel. And um, we got a caller. What's going hey, on? Hey, how, how you doing? doing? What's up, man? What's how going on? Hey, how y'all doing today? Hello. Good, good. Hi. Yeah, I, you know what, Big Daddy? Before I let me get started, man. I totally agree with you. I, I call him Don. I don't call him anybody else. I, I call him Don. I said because that fool Don on TV. And so that's all I say. I don't recognize him. I don't call him nothing else. I, he just Don to me, and that's it. That's right. You know. So, and I, I'm sorry, but it just, I mean, the man already in his first week already reapplied for re-election in his first week. And I'm like, wow, seriously? But, you know, he got, you know, that's what he want to do. That's what he want to do. All right. Um, but, but let me switch gears for a minute, you know. Uh, first of all, how you doing, Miss Brown? I'm doing well. Good to hear from you, George. It's good for hearing you as well. Um, I just had a couple of things I'm hit you up with because uh, you know we're all proud Sixers family, and I just want to touch base on this. What do y'all think about if this Okafor trade does go through? You it know. depends on who we trade him for, because to oh, okay. me, so you, it's you, like we're you playing. Didn't see it. It's, what? Oh, okay. They talk about well. Well, I just saw it on ESPN. And they were talking about trading. I, I did see something breaking news. Yeah, to New Orleans for, I think his name is Mjeka. Mjeka, I hopefully, I apologize if I say his name wrong. Oh, and, uh, hell no. And a future first round pick is what they said. So it's Mjeka and a future first round pick. So that's what's coming up right now. They said it's an advanced talks right now. So I I didn't know if you saw that and what you guys feel about it. No, I didn't see it. It must have just, like, because as soon as I was about to start the show, I saw something breaking news, and um, and it was on ESPN, but I didn't, you know, say I was trying to get ready for the show, and I didn't get a chance. Yeah, the guy is apparently, he's upset with New Orleans. He wants to get out. So his name is Angika, and and, he, and a first round, and a, and a future first round pick for Okafor. But I the advanced problem, and, yeah. I know who he is. I know who he is, and I've seen him play. But I think it's stupid to trade a center for another center. Yeah. Yeah. So and I don't I, see the purpose my boy of that. Said, my boy said, well, what about Tyreek Evans? And I said, well, Tyreek is hurt too much, you know, and I, 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 can't, I can't bring him on. You know what I mean? And, you yeah. know, I think he's too much money. He's too much money anyway. So – I, you know, I see what you're saying, but I don't know. If he's an expiring contract and the first one I'll pick, I could probably eat that up. You know what I mean? But the yeah, now, if is, that's the case, yeah, if that's the case, then I could see that. Like, if his contract is expiring and um, and you dump in a bunch of money, then you better have a free agent lined up as soon as this season's over. Right. Which, once again, they will. You know what I mean? They have a lot of money, mm-hmm. you know, lined up. Um, so I understand where they come from there. But the thing is, like they said, New Orleans wants to give us Omar Asik, but he's way too much money in my opinion as well. Yeah, he is. He is. And, and, you know no, I mean? that's because we tried to bring him, him here before and it didn't work because of the money. Right. So right. why would you? Right. 
Yeah, I'm reading um, this down. Oh, okay. So I think uh, I'm I mean, it was this extra, down. and I heard on, uh, it's extra what I heard on the radio. They said this, you know, that New Orleans New Orleans wants to take Omar Asik off the hands, but he's way too much money as far as I think. I think he, Omar Asik is not that bad, but he's better than the other dude. But I think Omar Asik's a little older, but you still need that lottery pick anyway. That you know, either way, you still got to get that lottery pick anyway. That's what. The thing is, but it's the player they want to give up. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. um, also, the only I, way, say, I think we, the only way mm-hmm. I would do that, not to cut you off, I'm sorry, but the only way right. I would make that trade, because I just glanced through it just now, the only way I would make that trade, if you gave me Isaac and Drew Holiday in the draft yeah. pick, then I would make that happen. Because at least with Drew Holiday, you are getting another guard out of it, and Drew was proven here before, and it would be nice to bring him back. He's a decent dude. He can play the point guard position. I say that TJ is bad. I'm just saying that with um, Drew Holiday and TJ, and you still don't know what's going to happen with Bayless because Bayless is out for the rest of this year, and then next year you could just eat, eat, eat his contract and get rid of him. But that's what the only way I would do that. What would you do with Sergio? Well, Sergio is a, is a – um, Oh, Rodriguez, uh, he, yeah. he, I hate to say it, but you have to send him to the D-League or keep him as like like that third point guard, like if you need him type of thing, because he came on like gangbusters and then he kind of faded off. And right. TJ's game has gotten that much better. Because originally okay. he took TJ's job. Yeah. But yeah, TJ came along steady. And Rodriguez had a couple injuries. I think he twisted his ankle one time, pulled something, and blah blah blah. And I and he is like a older rookie, which is cool. But if I had to choose, he'd be the one I'd send because TJ has earned his job, and I don't want to see TJ lose his job. You know, so TJ, I would continue to start TJ. Have Drew back a month because Drew is injury prone, and you still got your draft pick. And you still got Ashik, which if it is if his contract is expiring, then you just let him go. I wouldn't even suit him up. Like you just keep him there until like in case you desperately need him because if somebody's hurt, you know Joel stays hurt and um Noel gets injured from time to time. So you keep him there for that type of role, not taking time away from Rashad Holmes. Because I think Rashad Holmes is really the injured party in all of this because his game has really improved. <laughs> And we've been dogging him. We sent him down right. to D-League twice. He's not getting the, the minutes that I think he should be getting. And I think, like, Rashad Holmes is the one that's really the injured party in this. And I know I'm just rambling. You know, you start talking about the Sixers, I can just go on and on. But if we're going to yeah, make that cool. trade, then we got to get something for him. We can't just do it just to give it a contract. Because you have a big, as like I said, I was about to say, it's like playing cards. And you got an ace right now. And you don't want to throw that ace away for nothing. You understand what I'm saying? You want to use this this card to actually get something better, not just to break even. Right. You feel me? Right. I understand. No, I totally understand. I mean, like I said, I'm 50-50 on it, but if they're in advance like that, so it's probably going to happen. So we'll see how it is. Yeah, if they're talking like that, they, and if they're putting the reports up like that, it's nice. Yeah. Um, but the bad part about hello? it is, this is just showing. Oh. I'm still here. Can you hear me? Okay. 
Can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you. I'm sorry. Yeah, I can hear you now. No, okay. All right, no problem. The bad part about right. it is that now you um, is he really not worth? Not like you you shot them around the NBA, and this is what we're getting for. How hard did you shot them around the NBA? Well, not only that, but if you think about it, if you get that back for him, and if they're gonna move Noel, what you gonna get back for him? You know what I'm saying? What is it that you yeah. guys are gonna move for him? You know what I mean? Because that's undervalued. I, I mean, I see what you're saying. That's kind of undervalued for Okafor. But what you're gonna get back for Noel? I think the Noel, the problem they're gonna not get that much back for him. So he's probably gonna walk. You know, my, you know what I mean? So that's what it is, and it's sad because I don't want to see Noel go, but he wants to leave regardless. Um, but I think with Noel, know. I think with Noel, I'm going to say this real quick. I'm not to cut you off again, but I think with Noel, no. I think you could throw enough money his way where he would want to stay. Now, since you kind of, you made your decision, because he was pissed off at first because he was the odd man out. But now since he mm. solidified his position, and you know if he go anywhere else in the NBA, he's not going to be a starting center, let's be real. So no. he's going to have to come in off the bench no matter where he goes. But at least we're on the upswing. So he, I think he might be content if you just give him some money and tell him to take your role. He might just say, okay, I'll stay here. I don't think that yeah, he's going to he really want to go at the end of the season. And he make his money on basically mostly on the defensive end. I mean, he can knock, he can still knock down that corner jump shot. I mean, that, that's as far as his range is, you know. But, you know, most of his money everybody knows on defensive end, his block shots and his steals and everything like that of that nature, which he, he's, yeah. a, he's a game changer. You know what I mean? Um, last thing was my Super Bowl was ruined too, like everybody else, but not <laughs> last night. I'll, I'm not talking about last night. My Super Bowl is, is a Royal Rumble. I'm a Royal Rumble guy, but they really messed that up to me, you know, and they really – I think I hit you up and I told you I was disappointed. I told you I was disappointed. Yeah, I you did. And yeah, I, was and I like, wasn't too happy about it either. And Felicia wasn't too yeah. happy about it either. <laughs> it, it, it was bad, you know. what I mean, and I'm glad they're coming back next year because me and my couple of my boys are already talking about, you know, going at least three three out of the four events that's going to be here, you know. what I mean, and we can't wait for next mm-hmm. year. But, but you know, they always turn it up a notch when they're here in Philly anyway. But they can't. They had to rebound better from what they did a couple of weeks ago. I mean, to me, the whole event was, you know, was really depressing in, as far as I'm concerned because. I understand as far as number 30, because they they really wasn't expected for Finn to come out. Roman had a long night. You know, he really had a long night, and I'll give him props for mm-hmm. that. But, you know, there was um, there was a couple other names and stuff, people that came out that could have been a whole lot better than already had before. You know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I just felt bad for the fans there, the fans there and people watching at home like all of us was. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was just, I mean, Ellsworth, it was Ellsworth was a waste of time. <laughs> um, yeah, it was. I told my boy, I said, they they could at least brought Rhino out for him, you know, his spot, you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. But, but, you know, I, I wasn't, was I surprised that Wharton was? Yeah, in a way, but in a way I wasn't. But, you know, you know, of course, Cena stole the show. But other than that, you know, it was a little depressing. Like I said, hopefully – you know, this is WrestleMania season right now, so hopefully it get better. Um, but one last thing, and I'll let you guys go, was, you know, hopefully the, the Hall of Fame selection, I mean, I know who came out today, who was inducted today, but my thing mm-hmm. is, though, 
the friends are crying, do you ever see them going to get like Owen Hart or Rick Rude or Demolition guys who I was, you know, petitioning for, you know? But, you know, I don't know what's going on. Alicia, do you think they was there an issue with the uh, Owen Hart thing? Um, there was, but I thought that was resolved. Because okay. the, the Hart family, like Owen's wife, wasn't with it. I don't know if that's still going on. That's why I was asking. But um, well, she sued him. Didn't as far she? as demolition, she sued him, didn't? She, yeah, she had sued him, and demolition is suing him. Currently now too, so um, don't see demolition anytime soon until this lawsuit is um done with them. Um, and plus now since they already, you know, it's no secret that the Rock and Roll Express are being inducted, so maybe next year they might be a tag team or whatever. But that's where it is now. Like if you're suing them, they're not going to induct you in the Hall of Fame, you know. And I think a lot of that with demolition, I think is over like um. Merchandising rights and stuff like that I think Don't quote me but that's what I think it is Wow okay So it's something that could definitely be resolved easily I figured after New Day broke their record Why didn't they just put them in anyway You know what I'm saying It would have been a nice little Yeah that's what I was thinking too But then But go ahead I'm sorry Yeah but I just thought it was a nice consolation To just let them go in this year I mean they were talking about Well this year it should have been Was it Earthquake and Typhoon But since since earthquake passed away and the typhoon, he's in the he's in the hospital. He wouldn't be able to make it. So I think they said it. Uh, Rock and Roll Express was like kind of like a almost a last minute type of thing, you know. So mm-hmm. it, it it was kind of crazy. But no, nah, I just um, either way, hopefully it's a better year and um, hopefully um, NXT will not shine them again. Their show once again won't probably be won't be better again than WWE again, so we'll see. So okay, all right. Well, I appreciate right, you guys buddy. talking to Thanks me. Thanks for listening. calling in. And no problem, and hopefully I see you on a game coming soon or something like that. All right. Yeah, we had the game come up and say hi, and we appreciate your call <laughs> as always. And thanks a lot, buddy. All right, y'all have a wonderful night. You too. Yeah. Do I just yeah, say something? <laughs> um, I don't mean to sound, you know, rude or unappreciative of our listeners. We're really appreciative of anybody that listens and takes the time to call out. But we do have a format with our show. And, I mean, we 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 like to cover topics that are a wide range and we'll probably most likely get to the topics you want to talk about. So, um, if you could just hold off until we get to that topic, you know, that would be great. Um, I, no, <laughs> it just threw off my whole thing. And, you know, you never know if we're going to say something that, you know, you intended to say as a listener um, mm. that could, you know, make the conversation a lot a lot better and, you know, uh, move forward more. So don't try to run our show. <laughs> True that, true that, true that, true that. But I appreciate him calling. But yeah, um, I do too. But you know, we yeah, went kinda, through like a myriad of topics there, and we were going to hit on yeah. all those topics. So yeah, we were going to hit on all of them. We kind of just went through. Them. But um, going back to the 
we'll go to the Royal Rumble one, and then we'll move to the Sixers one. The Royal Rumble, like I said, we know you and I got together. We, you know, I made my award women award winning big ZD that you know everybody goes crazy for. Oh God. <laughs> But, yeah, you know, we broke bread and everything. We watched the Royal Rumble, and it was bad. And the Royal Rumble is always one of my favorite pay-per-views because you look forward to it as always, you know, spontaneous. And um, you look for, you know, sometimes they might bring a vet out during the time to come in, like when they brought Diesel out and, one time, Backlund came out, and DDP came one time, and then, you know, it was always, you know, Karma came out the one time. It was, you know, it was always good to watch, but this year was just, it was flat. And then it was funny because I had posted this video that had different people's reactions with Roman Reigns being number 30, and everybody was like, no, like really upset. And my thing is, Vince has to know. Like, you're really pissing people off by pushing the, the hell out of this guy. Like, when's enough enough? When do you finally just say it's not working? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it just it just fell flat. It really fell flat. Of course, uh, George had already said, um, told it, you know, the, Randy Orton went over, so he won the Royal Rumble. So it was interesting to see where they go between Orton and Cena and Bray Wyatt. We'll see what happens. The Raw's on tonight. Goldberg is going to answer the challenge to Brock Lesnar. So they're setting up WrestleMania. It's just the Royal Rumble really wasn't that good. And the NXT TakeOver was just so much better than what the Royal Rumble Mm. was. And speaking of NXT, they will be at Upper Darby this Thursday, and Felicia Brown and Big Daddy will be in the house, and I'm really looking forward to this. And I'm going to yes, publicly, publicly come out and say I want to thank Felicia Brown because she opened my eyes to the whole NXT thing, because when it first started, I was kind of eh, to it, but I, you know, I had to get out my own head, and I started to watch it, and I enjoy it. I enjoy it. It's like a mix of indies but it's like the, how can I say this? It's like the best of the best of indies, but these guys should be stars already type of thing. And it's not the watered-down WWE product that you see on Mondays and Tuesdays and stuff like that. It's like it has a different spin on it. The wrestling is about wrestling. It's not about sports entertainment as much as wrestling. And that's what I appreciate about it. And it's just, it's good. It's good. And I'm a fan, so I'm looking forward to this Thursday. Me too. And I still, I'm thanking you. I, you were right, but I was wrong. <laughs> oh, that happens a lot. <laughs> you know what? I'll give you a knuckle sandwich for that one. But yeah, every, but, everyone. Um, go ahead. Oh no! A lot of people are, you know, talking about the NXT being at the power and how it's hard to watch wrestling there. But you know, these are people that haven't been to a show there, and 
I promise you, they put on a great show. You know, the seating arrangements makes no difference. It's, if you're focused on the wrestling, you know, it's, it's a great show. And NXT, you know, they're not always at the bigger arenas. They're at the smaller ones. And I actually like that feel. If you like indie wrestling, you know, that's a great feel to have that intimate and close, you know, the the, the athletes are talking to you and all that. So it's cool. We're going to have a yeah, looking time. forward to it. <laughs> Me too. Um, I bet you Raw tonight, Rock and Roll Express getting inducted Hall of Fame, which I think I kind of sort of saw it, seen it coming because it was talk about them. Um, I don't agree with the natural disasters getting in anyway, so I'm, I'm not saying I'm glad that Typhoon, a.k.a. Earthquake, um, not the Typhoon, what was his other name, Tugboat, got sick or whatever, but they held the tag straps for a little while and didn't really have that big an impact. So I really can't see them getting, you know, them getting inducted. Uh, as far as demolition, like I said, um, they're right now, they're fighting legal battles. So let them fight that out and then hopefully they'll get inducted. And, um, and the Rock and Roll Express were big in the 80s. And mm-hmm. they held the NWA tag straps a couple of different times. And um, even Ricky Morton went, went on to have great matches with Ric Flair. Um, Ric Flair could wrestle anybody in that day and have a great match with him. But this where, like, especially during the, um, this, this show they were running during the summertime. Can't remember the name now. Crap. But anyway, Ricky Morton was one of the people that Flair challenged and had a great match with him. And um, they tell the whole story. And I talked to Ricky Morton um, at a show one time. He's a really nice guy. You can talk to him about anything. And he explained what happened between him and Robert Gibson and how they wanted to split them up. And he wasn't with it. And, and it's good that they stayed together and they're still friends and they're still tagging together. It's all these years. So hopefully they tell the whole story or they'll, you know, have like JBL interview both of them because they have a good backstory to them. So let me take this commercial break and then we'll come back with our movie reviews and um, talk about some other stuff. Big Daddy's Hard Talk, Volume 56. Attention business owners, website owners, event promoters, or anyone looking to promote your product. The Totally Driven Entertainment Radio Network is the perfect way to spread the word of your business around the world. That's right. You can advertise at our network and be played on all of our shows at rates that are so cheap. It's a no-brainer. For more information, contact Bay Ragney at bayragney at gmail.com. To keep your business driven, stay driven with Totally Driven Entertainment. Are you a fan of Sherlock Holmes? Letters from Holmes offers unique, one-of-a-kind letters from the world-famous detective himself. Handwritten on 8.5-inch by 11-inch aged parchment paper and using smudge-free ink to produce original, high-quality letters that fans will treasure for years to come. Each letter is handcrafted and written from the perspective of Sherlock Holmes, mimicking Holmes's native tongue and embracing many of the famous detective's quirks, quips, insults and peculiarities. Order a love letter, birthday greeting, personal correspondence, or more 
only at www.etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash letters from homes. For $5 today, you can buy a wealth of things. Gas for your car, rent a movie for the family, a few slices of pizza. $5 still takes you a long ways. But did you know that $5 can buy your child a bag of heroin in the streets? That's right. For only $5, your son or daughter can buy some of the cheapest and purest dope in the country. Be aware of the lies. Be aware of the stealing. Be aware that's all it takes to kill your child. $5. This message was brought to you by Casey's Cause, a group of parents located in southern Chester County out to save your child's life. Come join us today at www.caseyscause.com. And remember, $5 is all it takes. Casey's Cause www.caseyscalls.com Looking for that perfect gift for your girlfriend? Then look no further than Teddy Scares. Teddy Scares are available in a variety of styles, sizes, and prices for all your shopping needs. Teddy Scares are a mix of cute and creepy to make a great gift for almost any age. Board up your windows, lock your doors, and log on to teddyscares.com. And be sure to become our friends at facebook.com slash teddyscares. Calling all comic book fans. Do you collect comics? Did you ever collect comics? Do you think your children might like reading comic books? Do you even know they still print real, paper, non-digital comic books? Well, then visit the Pirates of Ontario Street Comics in Philadelphia. We have a massive collection of comic books, action figures, trading cards, and much more. We have one of the largest stocks of back-issue comics in the area. We bag and board every new comic book at no extra charge. Our store is voted the best comic book shop in the 2013 PHL 17 Hot List Contest. Part of the movie Unbreakable filmed in our store. We are open seven days a week. Ontario Street Comics is located at 2235 East Ontario Street in the Port Richmond section of Philly. Our phone number is 215-288-7338. Type in the words Ontario Comics Philadelphia to check out our wacky stores page on Facebook. And we're back, Big Daddy's Hard Talk, Volume 56. This is Big Daddy, and I'm with Felicia Brown. Hello, everyone. And we're back. We have a couple of um, movie reviews. <laughs> and um, I'm going to do one. Well, we're going to do one together, and then the other two um, Felicia's going to do. But the one was probably the worst movie I've seen <laughs> In a long time. <laughs> and I'm the jackass to pay for it that wanted to see it, but it is what it is. Um, I went to go check it out because I thought it, you know, I seen the other two and I wanted to see where they were going with it. And it's just bad. I'm talking about Triple X, <laughs> the return of Xander Cage. It was the return of some crap. <laughs> It was the return of a bunch of one-liners, bad puns, overly done, unbelievably stupid stunts. It was the return of Vin Diesel to a role that he wanted to get away from that maybe he should have stayed away from. And it was just like James Bond meets the X Games meets... (laughs) Meets, um, I don't know. Meets the Matrix. I don't know. It was just bad. I Googled how old Vin Diesel was. He's 50 years old. So 
he's in great shape to be 50, but some of the stunts and some of the crap that went on in this movie was like, Negro, please. <laughs> really? And I'm going to have to give it a one big booty, if not a half a booty, maybe one cheek. That's how bad it was. Felicia, your opinion? Oh, man. Well, Xander Cage, he's about 60, right? It's just Vin Diesel. So in our minds, we're supposed to think he's, like, a lot younger. And, but still, um, the some of the humor was a little too much. Some of it was okay. Um, Ice Cube was in it. Uh, Briefly. <laughs> Briefly, but that's leading on to maybe another one. Um, but yeah, the stunts were just over the top. And honestly, Vin Diesel movies aren't that good. You know, even when he went over and started doing Amen. Disney movies, they're not that good. Um, this Triple X movie reminded me of all the Fast and Furious movies. So I mean, it's ridiculous. So I'm gonna give it a one just for. And we're in agreement about that Totally Vin Diesel is not the greatest actor But no. You kind of accept What he does because he is in great shape Women Certain women I'm not saying you But I know certain women like him They think he's sexy So he does have a draw mm-hmm. I give you that And the Fast and Furious movies The direction they went with that And what he does with that Fine I give you that but it's just this one was just so bad that he wasn't even the real character that he was in the first one. The first one, he was kind of a hardcore, kick-ass type of dude. And this one, it was kind of slapsticky type of, uh, with the same tight lines, I live for this mm-hmm. shit. Like, Nick, Actually, please. I'm going to give my whole one Big Daddy Booty to Donnie Yen. Donnie Yen was in the movie. He is amazing. If I was going to devise a fight team, Donnie Yen would be in that fight team. He was awesome. (laughs) Granted. Granted. Who would be the other ones in your fight team? Who would be the other people in the fight team? Oh, definitely Jet Li. Love them. I would try to raise uh, Bruce Lee from the dead. We would just have an ultimate yes. kick-ass fight team. There's one person you know, I would add in there. There's one person Daddy I would add in, in there. there. <laughs> no, Big Daddy too broken up. All I'm going to do is just bear hug a bunch of people. But uh, <laughs> That works. That works. <laughs> there's one person I think can kick ass and he doesn't do really big movies. But he is a martial artist, and that is Michael Ja White. Mm-hmm. If you ever watch some of his movies that he's done, these little B movies that he do that he does do, his stuff is tight. His stuff is really tight. Mm-hmm. He just doesn't get really big roles. But I would definitely add him in my fight too. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I would definitely rage, just like you said, Bruce Lee. I dig him up because if you watch. Man, Bruce Lee movies, man, to me were just classic with some of the stuff he did. Nice, man. If, a, if they had a Bruce Lee marathon on now, I'd sit and watch it. <laughs> and I'm, you know, kind of untouchable. Yeah. Yes. 
nobody could touch the movies that he had done. And not taking nothing away from Chuck Norris, I'm just saying that Bruce Lee was just that guy. And even when he had a video that, well, somebody put out a video of him, like, at a competition one time. And Bruce Lee was playing ping pong with nunchucks. Yeah. That's incredible. And he hit, like, a, a toothpick out of somebody's mouth. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. Something, so a match saw that video something. too. Yeah, yeah it, it was a match. He's incredible. He's incredible. But uh, go ahead, because you have two movie reviews yourself. I did. Um, the weekend that they came out, I went and saw two movies in one day, back-to-back. Back. Um, I'm a big, big fan of the Resident Evil movies. Um, <laughs> I got into some heat with some of the video game geeks because, you know, they're mad that basically a, a franchise of movies was created around a character that's not even in the video games. And I think they're mad about that, but I like those movies. Um, I'm a big zombie fan, and an outbreak fan, so um, I saw supposedly what is supposedly um, to be the last Resident Evil, Resident Evil 7. Um, they made the seven last movies? something. Uh, six or something. Okay. Um, but, I'm um, curious, because I've I I, I never followed them, so I didn't know how many they made. I didn't know they made that many. Yeah, they're, they're up there. Um, wow. Okay, so go I, ahead. I'm sorry. This one, it, this one wasn't that good. Um, the fight scenes are pretty good. It did have a plot, unlike, you know, some of the other ones that did not. You know, that last one really didn't have a plot too much. Um, but I don't know. And it, it's supposedly the last one, but the way it ended for people who have seen it, um, it, it looks like there could be maybe like a part two or something, but... I don't know. So um, I give Resident Evil um, to Big Daddy Booties. It it wasn't that good, but as a fan, I accept it. So. (laughs) Okay. And um, the other movie I saw was M. Night Shyamalan Split. Um, If you're a movie buff like me, you know M. Night Shyamalan is kind of blacklisted amongst movie fans. Uh, He's not that great of a director, or I guess you just have to have, you know, a mind like his. But um, a split you have to be like, good. like not like to cut you indie. off on that one. Yeah, not to cut you yeah. off on that one. I'm just and check my opinion real quick, and I'm gonna let you go. M Night Shyamalan. I'm not saying that he's a bad director, but you just gotta be just like you said. You'd be a fan to his movie, and and I guess it's like. You either like chunky peanut butter or you hate chunky peanut butter. You understand what right. I'm saying? So it's like you either love him or you hate him. I mean, Go ahead. I'm sorry. I guess that I didn't. He's not a he's not a bad director, but I think some of his work he like the movies that he made himself. You know, wrote whatever, whatever. They're fine, but then he started going into like cult classic movies. Like he remade. Avatar The Last Airbender. I'm a huge fan of that cartoon. Um, And he destroyed that movie. And I I want, like, an apology for that because it was a really (laughs) bad movie. (laughs) So if I ever get to meet him at a Sixers game, 
I, I think I'm going to ask for an apology for Avatar The Last Airbender. But um, he I want to see if you did. Me. He's down there. I want to see if you get that apology. I want to try to hook that up so you can be your phone. See if you get that apology. Ask, like, at least ask him what was he thinking. But um, Split was pretty good. I think you would um, do that, too. I think you would do that. I, I would. I'm, I'm a bitch. Um, <laughs> Don't say that. But, You're not um, a bitch. But, no. But go ahead. I think James McAvoy. <laughs> I think James McAvoy. You know him from um, Professor X and the Young X Men movies. Um, he really delivered this movie, and um, he delivered the role. And I don't know how far it will go if he can get nominated for something, but I really think he should. Um, he, he was just that good. Knocked it that out of the he, get nominated. he was really good, really talented. And um, I just hope enough people see it to, you know, um, to see how good he is in it. Um, what ruined Split for me was the last part of the movie. And it was kind of like M. Night Shyamalan baited us in with this really good movie just to promote a possible another movie. Because um, you know M. Night Shyamalan's work, he did Unbreakable. And the end of Split ties into... Unbreakable. So I don't know if he's doing a number two Unbreakable. You know, Bruce Willis and um, Samuel Samuel Jackson. No, I don't. I I I just think he messed up a really good movie. And you know, Split had a really good message in it too that's really um, uh, prevalent today with young people. So I don't know what he was thinking. I give Split three Big Daddy booties. Um, James McAvoy killed it. Go see it. I do recommend you see it. If you're into, like, you know, things that make you think out the box, go ahead and see it. I plan to see it. I plan to see it. Mm-hmm. I will probably be one day where I'm not doing Jack, which is pretty much every day. Um, oh. I might just, you know, go ahead on and check it out. Because I do, I want to see his performance. Because you're like the fourth or fifth person I heard that saw that movie that said this guy crushed it yeah, and knocked it out of the park. And then they were all said the ending kind of killed the movie. So I wish I was going in clean that I didn't know that part, but oh, it is God. what it is. No, it's no problem. It's no problem. It's no problem. But uh, <laughs> I think it's funny that everybody said the same thing. So obviously this is a trend with this movie. That you know, mm-hmm. it comes to the end and it's like, what the hell? So, <laughs> but that's yeah. M Night Shyamalan. That's all his except except for After Earth. Pretty much all his movies got some some type of of a screw you ending to it. <laughs> or you know, try to throw a twist that didn't have to be. Now, I try. I like I said, I really try to like his work because he is a local guy. He does film in Philly, and I, uh, Pennsylvania, rather, and I appreciate that because not too many people film in, this, in these areas. Mm-hmm. And, they, you know, they shoot a movie in Philadelphia now with Kevin Hart and, um, and some other people. But he does it all the time with all his movies. So, like, The Visit, I thought was de- I thought it was a decent movie. I appreciated it, you know. Mm-hmm. Me too. Um, of course, Sixth Sense was I think his best work. He knocked that out of the park. 
But then you got movies like Lady in the Water, The Happening, After Earth. Which which one am I missing? That was really bad. Avatar: The Last Airbender. Yeah, Avatar: The Last uh, <laughs> Airbender. Um, and it, what would just rattle off four or five movies that was really bad that mm-hmm. he directed, and I know I'm missing one. And I, The Village. Mm-hmm. Just I like bad. The Village though. <laughs> oh my God. Well, you it don't like that in. type of movie. You're not into, like, the witches and the, you know. Yeah. It just wasn't my, okay, I'll refrain. It wasn't my thing. And then when it came to the end, then I was like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> and it happened, I was just like, you got to be kidding me. Signs was another one that wasn't that good. <laughs> So, like, I want to oh, like M. his Night. movies, and trust, and trust me, if M. Night Shyamalan came up to me at Sixers game Wednesday and said, hey, Big Daddy, I see you around. I got a part for you. I said, yes, sir, boss. What do you want me to do? And I oh, will go and do God. it. Well, yeah. Hopefully you make the movie better. And if he wanted me to take my shirt off and run through the seed, I would do it. Well, I, I ain't going to run. <laughs> but walk really fast through a seed, I would do it. Hey, they can make anything happen with movie magic. You will be running. <laughs> Shoot, I would do it. So I ain't going to talk too bad about it. I'm just saying I really appreciate the fact, you know, that he does film in these areas and everything. I just want I want to see more out of him. And I do like the fact that he does try to make the audience think, but I think sometimes he's out in left field with some of his stuff. Right. Another movie he did that I enjoyed was Devil. I did like Devil. Mm-hmm. Me too. It's almost like he's making movies for himself. Which yeah. is kind of a good thing because it's like I don't really care what the mass media or, you know, the mass populist thinks, but I'm just going to make this but movie the flip side of that, <laughs> Yeah, but the flip side of that, you got to make money at the same time. You keep putting out bad material, people will stop saying, I'm going to go see your movies. But people keep running out to go see them, so obviously there's a bunch of people that like his stuff. It's just mm-hmm. a lot of times I'm not a fan. As soon as I see M. Night Shyamalan, I'm like, oh, Lord. <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> Remember, we was at the movies and seen the preview to Split, and I was all into it until I seen him directed by M. Night Shyamalan. I'm like, oh, damn it. Uh, <laughs> you can't do that. If it was I like a blind screening and you didn't <laughs> know who did it, you would think differently. It's all psychological. Yeah. I know. He just shouldn't put the fact that he directed it in the credits until after you've seen it. <laughs> change his name. To... Nice Shyamalan to change his name to uh, Sweet Dick Willie. And then, well, oh, hey, Sweet Dick Willie. <laughs> Sweet Dick Willie directed it. And then you see, no, it was actually M. Nice Shyamalan. I'm like, damn it. Oh, my God. You're not fooling anyone, Shyamalan. I know you're Sweet Dick Willie. <laughs> <laughs> That's his name now. Sweet Dick Willie. Yeah, with a little porn mustache. And by the way, his daughter sang the national anthem yes. at a Sixers game. And um, I'm not saying it was bad. I'm not going to say it was good. I just think, you know, I guess his family is talented because she was able to sing the national anthem. Oh, my gosh. 
I, she wasn't bad. Not everybody's going to be on, you know, Jennifer Hudson and, you know, I want to say something, but I'm not going to say something. <laughs> yeah, I want to say something, while. but I'm not going to say something. Yeah, I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> but she wasn't bad. But I like. She was her. okay. And she's pretty, too. Yeah, she's a pretty girl. Pretty girl. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, was what it was. But real quick, I'm going to touch on, because it's something that we did forget to touch on. We're going to touch on it real quick, and then we're going to put a bow on this thing and tie it and put it to bed. Yes, well, last night was Super Bowl 51, and it pitted uh, the New England Patriots against the Atlanta Falcons. And I'm a football fan, but I'm not a diehard football fan. Okay, I am a Dallas Cowboy fan. I like Dallas Cowboys. So once the Dallas Cowboys is knocked out of the playoffs, I could have gave a rat's ass who won. I really could have. Anybody except for the New England Patriots, pretty much. Because you see them one one, you see them win it all. So I'm watching this game. I went to the store. I got me some corn chips and some um, onion dip. And, um, <laughs> yeah, I did. I didn't have any alcoholic beverages. I didn't have any soda because I've been trying to give up soda. So I didn't have any of that. So I just had my corn chips and my onion dip. And I'm sitting there watching this game. And Atlanta is kicking the hell out of them. And I said, okay. Okay, I was hoping for a better game than this. But, you know, Atlanta's winning. And then all of a sudden, here comes Super Cena. I mean, um, Tom Brady. <laughs> and they were, they were down by 25 and came back to win this game. In overtime. And I might have said it 30 times afterwards. Son of a bitch. Son of a bitch. Son of a bitch. Son of a bitch. So now he's going to go down as the greatest quarterback of all time. One. Two. You can't. I've never seen a team be down 25 in the End of the third quarter to come back to win a game. The NFL is more choreographed than the WWE. Mm. I said it before, and I'll say it again. Especially when it comes to that damn Tom Brady. Oh, and the other one was Peyton Manning. And I think I did say this last year. Matter of fact, I know I said it last year. Peyton Manning went out. Winning the Super Bowl on the white horse and said goodbye. Now, Tom Brady, who's age 39, probably is going to retire. He hasn't made that announcement. He hasn't said that he was. But I'm thinking to myself, you just won the Super Bowl. You're 39 years old. What better way to ride off in the sunset but to ride off like that? You can't tell me the NFL ain't choreographed just for the drama, just for the ratings. All of a sudden, the Atlanta Falcons couldn't defend them. They shut them down the whole game. All of a sudden, Daddy can't stick nobody. A bunch of a bull was about to say something. Who was about to say something? Let me climb back at myself. A bunch of guys you, you were shutting down before. Now you can't shut them down. It was just ridiculous to me. And then I kind of look forward to the commercials. 
And the commercials were even kind of flat to me. It was like, it was no, the only one that really stuck out in my head that I liked was the one with the yearbook. There was two of them, I'm sorry. One was the Pepsi, was the Pepsi and Coke commercial. That was pretty much talking about all nations being one. I want to say Pepsi, but it might have been Coca-Cola. Anyway, and the one that had the yearbook um, pictures in them with everybody in their old yearbook pictures, which I thought was funny. Mm-hmm. And those were the only two that I really stuck out in my head. The rest of them were just like, yeah. And I'm thinking, like, people pay millions of dollars. You expect. And it was one, was it, it was a Snickers commercial that I thought that made me chuckle. Uh, mm-hmm. The guy was filming a Western movie. And he had, um he was hungry and he wasn't paying attention and was just messing up the whole movie and set was falling. So I thought it was, was kind of comical. But outside of that, it was just booty. But I got sucked in with the rest of America because the Super Bowl has turned into a national holiday. And what's your opinion? Yes, it has. I posted a video of um, a young man. I think his name was Ryan Davis, <laughs> and he said yeah, that he Tom put, Brady he puts was, up a bunch of was pretty much Satan. <laughs> yeah, he said he was pretty much Satan, and I agree. I I actually think that Tom Brady and LeBron James are the same person. They just took their skin off. LeBron James just took his skin off to go play the Super Bowl because this guy comes back from a three-one down deficit, and <laughs> and then you got Brady magically coming back after halftime. So I mean. It's ridiculous, and it just shows what America is. You know, you have the president tweeting, um, oh, yes. I'm for the Patriots because Tom Brady's my friend, and we stick up for our friends, right? And, you know, then you see Mike Pence and I'm saying, I'm like, oh, okay, so the Patriots are winning. But I don't know. I want to know how much they paid the Falcons to lay down and do they intend on letting them get to the Super Bowl again? Because they were playing ball, you know. It's something yep. to say in basketball, yep. but it goes for football, too. They were playing ball. And then out of mm. nowhere, their defense is stopped. It's Speak unheard on. of. It's Speak weird. On. You're not even a football fan, but you picked no, that No, I'm up. not. Yeah, and it, it's just like the, the NBA um, playoffs and finals. You know, here goes Golden State killing it. And then out of nowhere, their defense just stop. It's crazy. And it just shows, can't nobody tell me, you know me and Big Daddy are wrestling fans, can't nobody come up to me and say, oh, wrestling's fake, wrestling's stupid, wrestling's this, wrestling's that, or do not get on me for like in the Sixers, oh, they're the underdog, whatever. But, um, yeah, Super Bowl is one of the most rigged things I've ever seen in my life. And I'm going to tell you something else that cracks me up, too, with all this. And I'm going to come on two different points. One, it kills me when people all of a sudden are um, New England Patriots fans. Exactly. And I have a family member. I have two family members. One was (laughs) a little boy. Was a little boy. And I'll give him a pass because he's been crying Patriots since he was a little boy. I'll give him that. But there's an older family member that I oh know damn well was not a Patriots fan until they started winning Super Bowls, and now they're my yeah. boys. But wait a minute. Yeah. Why are you just cheering for the Eagles? And there's another yeah. thing that kills me about NFL fans is that they can say, okay, well, that's my NFC team. That's my AFC team. 
Nah, Nick. Uh, nah, brother. <laughs> you Either you like a team. team. Yeah, you have a team. I am a Sixers fan. That's it. That's it. If you ask me what other team that I would root for, if they're not red, white, and blue, and they don't have Sixers across their chest, I'm not rooting for them. Now, do I admire the San Antonio Spurs? Yes, I do admire their franchise because they are what I want my Sixers to be. But am I a San Antonio Spurs fan? I just admire their organization because they can take out a piece and put in another piece and continue to play ball. And I admire that. Yeah, I think when it comes to sports, it's more so like, oh, I'm not rooting for this team, but I'm rooting against a certain team. So you don't want that team to win. So any team that's going to beat the team, you don't want them to win, you're like, you know, I'm for it. So. Mm -hmm. Everybody loves a winner. Everybody wants to jump on bandwagons. That makes me sick. And the Patriots are cheaters, and it just sets the precedent for what America is, you know? The the on earth is a cheater. (laughs) And that was my other point. That was my other point right there. And that's why you and I get along so well. (laughs) Because that was my second point. We're showing our youth that you can cheat and still win. Yeah. Because Tom Brady was a cheater and Donald Trump was a cheater. Am I lying? You are correct. You could be a bully. You could talk bad about women. You could grab them in their pussy. You could uh, 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 build walls around things. You could deflate balls. You could get suspended for four games. But then you could come back and win the biggest thing. You win that, win it all, and it's all forgotten. As long as you win, and that's the thing. And it sucks because this is what we're showing our young mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. And on that note, Valicia Brown, you have any last words before we put a bow on this and send it to bed? No. We'll be back on, hopefully, um, to do like a little Valentine's show. Got some things I want to talk about with that. So should be fun. Okay. All our couples call in <laughs> next week. Yes, we would like for any couples to call in. Tell us your Valentine. Well, you can't tell us your Valentine's Day plans because that would ruin it. But just, you know, talk about Valentine's Day and this, that, and the fourth, and romance and stuff like that. And Felicia could talk about, you know, what she's going to do for Valentine's Day with her significant other. I don't know what I'm doing. And um, <laughs> also next week, we will be talking about the NXT show because we will be there on Thursday. Yes. And uh, we'll be talking about a bunch of other stuff. So I'm looking forward to next week. We will be on. The Sixers don't play next Monday. So we will be on. So, um, again, if the Sixers are playing, we won't be on the air. So we can go to the end of basketball season. Then we're back every Monday. Um, on a side note, anybody that's listening, we do have a flow to our show. So if, if you call in with a question, if you could please talk about the things we're talking about at that time, we would greatly be appreciated. Or call in at the end of the show, and we'll recap everything we talked about. 
if that's okay. We just, you know, we have a certain flow to it, and we're just trying to really hammer this down so we can give you the best product that we can. Right. And plus, that means that you're listening, you know? Yeah, and I appreciate the listeners. I really do. I love you all. And um, we, we love you all. And if you're at a Sixers game, come up and talk to us. Come say hi to us as far as Big Daddy and Felicia Brown. We're always sitting together at the Sixers game. So come up and say hi. We'll take pictures with you, everything, blah, blah, blah. What are you doing? Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was opening something. <laughs> okay, no problem. So on that note, um, there's three different types of people in the world. Those who don't know what happened, those who wonder what happened, and people like Felicia Brown and Big Daddy that make things happen. Uh, God bless you all. Good night. Good night, everyone.